0: Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy, and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times, and how they came to the stage, and what drives them and inspires them. And my guest in this podcast is Dino Dimitriatis. They're an award-winning theatre director, creative producer and curator. Dino has worked widely as a director and founded Apocalypse, an independent engine room for responsive theatre and live art projects. Recent directing credits include *Lady Tabuli De Profundis* by with Paul Capsis, Omar and Dawn, multi-award-winning productions of Tony Kushner's *Angels in America* parts one and two, and Mary Zimmerman's *Metamorphosis*, and so many others. Dino has produced across many festivals and is the director of *Cleansed* by Sarah Kane, a play with so much to talk about, which is playing at the Old Fitz Theatre from the 9th of June. Welcome to Stages Dino.
1: Thank you for having me and I've got to take you everywhere to introduce me.
0: (laughs) Gosh, there's so much to introduce. What, um, before we get into this play and there's so much juicy things going on inside this play to talk about, but before we do, take me back to the beginning of you as a theatre maker or even back before then. What was life like for you growing up? Where did you grow up? Was it a creative house? How did you come to the theatre?
1: Sure. So I grew up in South Africa, which I don't often talk about. And I was born there and lived there for nine years. And then we moved to Australia and I started drama classes as a way of getting rid of my South African accent because oh. I sort of was so embarrassed by it as a, as a nine-year-old. And so I started drama classes and did a Steadfords and all that kind of crazy thing you do. And then I fell into community theatre. Uh. Um, and that's really where I was given so many early opportunities so young. And that's where I directed my first work and basically got to work on the ground. And after a few years of that, I started um, a company to, to Apocalypse to make work that not just that I wanted to make, but to be able to sort of be, a, 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 a as I said, an engine room for for projects that might not get up otherwise, that are sort of quiet different or ambitious or you know have certain agendas and that the independent stage can can afford those those pathways but not really I mean I have creative people in my family but actually towards the end of my grandmother's life who I was very close to uh, I learned that she would go to the theater often with her father as a really poor family in Athens they would go to the theater and that was the one thing that sort of Was this outing that brought enormous joy? So that was a nice (laughs) discovery recently.
0: Wow! Can can you tell me a little bit about like you up until a nine year old in South Africa? What was it like? What a
1: it's completely wild. Yeah, look, it's it's so hard to talk about because it's so different. You know, I I grew up in a, a at a time and in a place which was incredibly violent. You know, it was so violence was so normalized in a sense and I also grew up very aware of extreme racial and cultural differences that that sort of you know inform the fabric of a society and so it was a very interesting time it was toward the end of apartheid it was uh, a very volatile time in the country and it was the the escalating violence that really it prompted my my parents to make the decision to 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 move to australia we we had an an aunt here and so that was the that was the decision to basically give up everything and start again in the hope that there would be a life for for, for me and my sister that was more free
0: what was it like coming here was that you know was there a particular a culture shock what was do you remember
1: yeah it was a culture shock it was it was traumatizing leaving family behind there it Mm. was um the school systems were totally different so i you know should have gone into year two and went into year four so i was very behind Mm. i had this strong accent that made life you know incredibly isolating um and so yeah it, it it was a very difficult time period adjusting and and also my parents you know who had built a life and had a house and all that at the time and with the exchange rates and all that they pretty much lost everything and had to start again here as well mm. so it was a it, it was a huge shift
0: yeah and where did you land here when you got here
1: we landed in sydney we landed strangely on the north shore <laughs> because that's that's where my my aunt my dad's sister lived and that's all we knew so we ended up on the North Shore, but I was so so sort of very uh, middle to upper class area. But you know, I went to a, pro- a public school, sorry, within the North Shore that was quite you know full on and 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 rougher in those days. And it was an interesting culture shock.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine.
1: Yeah, I started doing community theatre, and then when I went to uni and moved into the city, and and really discovered the city and you know people, uh, that's when things really started opening up.
0: Mm. I can't help but think if uh, that experience in South Africa has informed your I don't know the plays that you're drawn to as a director or the stories you want to tell
1: I I, I do think it has you know I'm I'm very much interested in in the animal in us the primal Mm. in us and the extremities of the human experience. Um, I'm really drawn to works that are incredibly uh, sort of potent and and unapologetic in in exploring the extremity of experience, of emotion, uh, and also of what the theater can do as a medium. That if we're going to be live and we're gonna put other humans and bodies in front of the bodies that have come to, to, to witness and engage, that there has to be something deep and, and sort of electric about it.
0: Well, I suppose that leads us very easily into cl- <laughs> into cleansed uh, this Sarah Kane work. You're talking about primal and animal and potent and all of those things. Just um, set the scene of of the play and yeah, what's going on? I've done a little research and it's quite there's quite a lot in there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly a work of extreme. So Sarah Kane mm. was an extraordinary playwright who was writing in the '90s. Um, wrote five plays before her death, and um, really the plays uh, were quite controversial and shocking at the time that they they came out. They they were extreme works, uh, works that demanded a lot a lot from the performers, but also the audience, mm. and works that I really believe are finally starting to be understood now. I think she was so ahead of her time that finally the times have have caught up with her. This play is one that I've been wanting to do for about 10 years, but I wanted to wait to be at a certain point in my craft and also with uh, how I kind of wanted to stage it to, to be able to do it. It's incredibly complex. It's set in a nameless institution where essentially um, six bodies, six sort of abandoned souls are observed. Um, And these souls who are really sort of social outcasts are trying to sustain themselves and survive through the pursuit of love. But at all times they're being observed and, and tested by the seventh body in the space. And, you know, I describe this work as a sort of savage portrait of the human heart. It is a work where really the depths of grief and rage um, play out but it's also a work where it is ultimately a love letter and it is ultimately about what it is as human animals that allows us to try and sustain ourselves and fight to survive and fight to connect and find community
0: it's quite I don't know from what I could tell Shakespearean or or I don't know the the levels of violence that the characters go to I can't help but wonder because there's yeah there's so many themes around violence I and mean, use of violence is such a general word for what happens but what are the challenges that you come up against Well now, before we get into that before we talk about that what what do you think she is saying like what is this bigger kind of I don't know metaphor what is the the world representing I suppose
1: yeah in in some ways or actually in many ways this this nameless institution and this character that sort of observes and tests is is very much a metaphor for society and and what's happening in society you know Kane was very observant of of the context of her time she was really focused on the serbian crisis what was happening in, in in refugee and concentration camps um she was really hyper aware of of that and those those conditions as we've seen recently with the ukraine um mm. produce some of the most extraordinary human moments and the most extraordinary um humanity and gentility Amongst the chaos and the pain and the wreckage, and it's really a wonderful kind of um, portal those 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 awful moments into into things quite human. So she was um, sorry. there's background noise here. It's all happening.
0: <laughs>
1: so that's that's kind of something that's 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 really interesting. And the other thing that's interesting is she's really interested in the human soul she's really interested in what we feel on a soul level. But what she understood is that it is impossible in the theatre to have a conversation about the soul because how do you really show it? So what she does is she uses the body as a symbol and the side of action for the soul. So when characters are having sex or when they're having a moment of extreme violence, what she is doing is showing onto the body what she is trying to interrogate in the soul. And so her work oscillates quite brilliantly between realism and your are in real moments and you're with real people and moments that operate in a space of metaphor or symbol or surrealism, depending on how you kind of want to approach it. So she's formally so ahead of her times and went, when the moments get so intense, we we have to take flight. There's no other way to show them, which is when she produces some of the most demanding and complex stage directions sort of in the history of theater.
0: Yeah, can you tell me some of those stage directions?
1: Look, some of the acts of violence are incredibly difficult to approach on stage. You've got to make decisions mm. about how real, what you do, what, what you, you know. There is, you know, drug use. There's, um, there's moments where things morph or grow out of the floor, or, you know, provocations that she gives about sort of radical um, things that alter the space. And so she really kind of places a lot of demands on the artists who are working on her on her productions. And it leaves room for the artistry of the teams that are producing the work to, to find it. And what we're finding in rehearsal is, I knew she was smart, but you know, you, you're trying to work out a moment and you're like, this is not quite working. And then you realize she's put a stillness or a pause, or she's specifically said someone looks at the other person or someone holds someone's hand and you start to unravel and she's actually manufactured the rhythms of the work so brilliantly, the more and more you interrogate it.
0: So, and to name some of those, there's there's incest and amputations and sodomy and things that can easily be misrepresented or not misrepresented but be funny, not work if they don't work, they work really badly. How are you treating the work? And and also, why are you ready now after you've ten years? Like what is it you decided I can now see or visualise or, or yeah. Portray.
1: Yeah. So a couple of things there. I mean, yeah, the the, the extremes are extreme. And I think, you know, the, the other thing is that some of those words can also be such blanket statements, you know, and that's what that's the challenge with uh, things like giving audience content notes, because um, people have different sort of capacities for different things based on their lived experience, but also, you know, the play deals with all of these things with complexity in a way and nuance and and these moments have a, a very real reason to exist so when you're watching the experience it's not just a q2q horror show or kind of it's actually really rigorously plotted with how with how she does it um what I have been doing is finding the balance between the real and the surreal you know, there are mm. things that I just do not think we need to see on a stage in 2022, images that we don't need to see, that we've seen on the news or that we've, you know, that the film recreates very sort of with extreme detail. But to give enough realism so that it's not just all symbol, we're not just saying that this is all a metaphor, that there is something happening to these people in the space. So the the dance between the real and 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 the heightened is, is, is kind of what we're finding. And I guess in terms of me being ready to do the play, I, for me, the way I work is there comes a point where I go, okay, I feel the play is right for the moment and I feel ready to do it. Mm. And um, n- not arrogantly, there's always you step in and you go, wow, like how am I going, you know, there's so much to work out. But you, there's a way of sort of being in awe of the work, but not intimidated by it. And knowing that you've kind of, if you just slowly unravel, you 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 will find something. What was very important to me is that if we revive this play, which is very rarely done, and given its themes and its content and its extremity, that we make a work that is a response to twenty twenty two. I'm not just interested in a revival of Cleansed. Mm. We have an all queer team making this work, and there are ten trans and gender diverse artists across the cast and the production team who. And and the vision that I'm kind of bringing to it, and what I'm looking to explore is is really about the survival in some ways of outsiders and outcasts, and using this play and its and its kind of um, its engine and its bones to to make a work for now. Mm. So I think people who are very big Kane fans, and there are a lot in the theater industry who she's become a bit canonical, a bit <laughs> iconic, a bit you know whatever controversial. Um, they're going to get the play, but they're going to get a production that interprets the play. For now, this mm. is not an exercise in sort of just doing the cane. We're also saying a lot, and um, we're bringing a perspective to it, and and that's been an exciting part of the process.
0: Mm. It feels like a very. It's been a very surreal time, and those you know, it all seems like it is a perfect time to to have this on on our stages tell me about that what the workshop the room the room more about that um space of the theater for you and how it is to be back and uh you know I guess how what gender plays there for in this work or how yeah do you, or how do you it's do you.
1: really interesting to you know there are some very strong you know th- Queer themes already in the work, and themes around sexuality and gender, um, around some of uh, around the central character. I have really um, interrogated those and and and, and amplified the sort of gender exploration in the work. And really, the process has been about building a culture around the rehearsal, not just uh, and protocols, and not just um, you know, not approaching this uh, in a way that doesn't place safety first we we have an incredible intimacy specialist who we've been working with we've got a series of protocols we rehearse moments of extreme uh, body interaction be it sexual or violent or even psychological abuse and emotional abuse um, with choreography with care with protocols there's a you know people are you know, there's moments of undress that has to be sort of dealt with So we have a very rigorous process. And what that has done is created a very safe room. And so we're actually, you know, Mm. there's challenges in discovering the play and and doing it, but there's nothing sort of loose about how we approach the intimacy in the work. And that has provided a really rigorous framework. And and the the intimacy specialist is also um, gender diverse. So we have, you know, bodies on stage that are in different spaces of gender identity and then when you've also got content that is conjuring those ideas you know there's there's those individuals dealing with that there's also about the exposure of different bodies in time and space so there's a lot to navigate and so we've spent time building a team and the seven performers in the work who are all queer um are just incredibly generous and committed and hardworking and believe in what we're trying to interrogate with with kane's work
0: I, i'm really and so it's so great that they're now you know obviously intimacy uh, consultants or you know uh, practitioners how does it work in the space though like is it how do you work in that intimate environment how do they work what what is that uh, you know in, a, in real terms
1: yeah so we we do a series of workshops which which defines the intimacy protocols in the room so and the intimacy specialist that we're working with, Bailey Turner, she, her, you know, way of working is that the room, the artists working on it, basically build the protocols for our process and what okay. we need for safety and what we need in place for those sorts of things. And then also brings sort of some standard procedures and things to the process as well. We do a lot of agreed touch exercises. We do a lot of differentiation between the character and the actor. It is a character character. Mm. undressing or doing an act of violence it is not the performer and those lines make how we approach the work very different and how we talk and how we rehearse and then we approach all the moments of intimacy like dance choreography Mm. everything um, is you know tied to beats and movements and sequences and our stage manager monitors that as we're doing everything if there's an extra kiss we ask why and we address the choreography then there are situations where there's backup choreography something goes wrong we know what that is we've rehearsed show stops we've rehearsed all sorts of things happening and so when we get to those moments in scenes it is very much approached like choreography Um, and then there are a whole lot of other cultural things that are put in place and logistical things that are put in place to support you know the performers Mm.
0: Mm. I guess that would help you therefore also um, that kind of the line between the character and the person would also help with you just in terms of the content and the, I don't know, the savagery or the violence or or whatever's being portrayed. Because I was wondering, I guess my question was, you know, dealing with these heavy issues and things that are quite confronting, how do you personally not take, you know, that stuff home? Um, do do you have a way of kind of letting go of the theatre once you walk out and not carry the intensity of it with you?
1: Yeah, there's a process in place for as part of those workshops about how all of us, including myself, you know, get in and out of the process and some of that role delineation and some of the exercises are helpful. We've also brought on a mental health professional to give strategies to um, the company, uh, especially Mm -hmm. as we move towards season and having to do the work night after night um so we are very conscious of mental health we we have a culture of transparency our culture of conversation we're continuously checking in we have the language now to check in with each other so it's all of those things have have really been considered as as Mm. part of the process
0: Mm -hmm. because the characters what i get is that they're quite they're all under a lot of pressure that seems to be kind of consistent for for each of them tell me how the 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 I don't know, the story of love comes through.
1: They're under a lot of pressure, but they are all in love in some ways with somebody else in the work and pursuing that love and trying to find that love and trying to exist in this institution with the pursuit of that love, which brings its own challenges. And it's it, it, it's sort of an extraordinary um, push to connect and to be with someone against this other opposing force which is society the world the institution kind of pushing against them and so it you know it, it is a love story and it, that might be shocking to some people to hear it as that when they kind of hear the content notes but um, it really is for me and I think that's also why I wanted to do it you know I had I felt nothing I felt no need to prove that we could just do a cane. I didn't kind of want to go, well, let's, you know, she, she's so revered or sort of, uh, not even revered, but kind of held up in a certain way in the theatre. I, I didn't have that interest. I don't I don't carry the baggage that people bring with Kane. I think she's a genius. I think we get over-consumed with the fact that she took her life rather than being consumed by the mastery of the five works she left us. Um, so for me, it was kind of going, well, why am I doing this? And it's because for me, it's not about shying away from the extremity, but it's about going, this is actually a love letter. And and it's that tenderness that I particularly am interested in finding within the horror.
0: So what has been your biggest challenge with this work?
1: You know, trusting the process. I mean, I always trust the process and and but more than ever because you could rehearse a cane for a year and keep finding Mm -hmm. things and because you can't do everything at once you've got to add things incrementally you've got to sort of find relationships you've got to find rhythms you've got to then add choreography you've got to add you know props which are all difficult in this show you've got to add movement (laughs) you've got to add sound you know it's, it's building the universe and, and also performers can't just let go from day one. They've got to have all these anchors in place to be able to open up the emotional world of the play. So the hardest thing is just kind of going, well, we've got a process, we have to trust it, and we will just keep adding and then we will get to a point where we go, all right, now someone else can look at it and <laughs> and have a response.
0: And the universe has been built <laughs>
1: totally totally (laughs)
0: dino Demetriades, thank you so much for joining it's been really interesting especially to talk about that intimacy how that works because it's yeah so important
1: i really appreciate it thank you
0: well that was dino Demetriades and cleansed which is on at the old Fitz theater from the 9th of june previewing and then opening and running through until the 25th of june